Welcome everyone. Thanks for joining us at the round table. We are Community Education Arts. I'm Sarah Emore and I am here with Alice Kevin Escober and our special <laughs> guest Deborah Peterson. Yay, Yay Deborah! Hello, hello everyone. And tonight we are talking about Tarzan of the Apes by Edgar Rice Burroughs. This is the last of our four books in our NICE series. NICE stands for Noblesville Interdisciplinary Creativity Expo. And what we do every year is we pick four pieces of literature, usually books, but sometimes they're short stories. Sometimes they're poetry, sometimes they're plays. And we take a deep dive into them, their themes, uh, but we also single out a passage from each that speaks to us as artists. And then we invite anybody of any sort of uh, expertise level. You could be a beginner, you could be an expert artist, and any type of art to then create something that is inspired by those books as a whole or those specific passages. And I just can't wait to hear about Tarzan because I understand, <laughs> Alice, that this is a significant story to your family. It is a significant story to my family. My dad loved the entire Tarzan series and owned it. And I read it as a young child, the whole series that he had. And, um, you know, I can remember the Johnny Weissmuller I should say Weissmuller because that's the correct way to pronounce his name, although Hollywood called him Weissmuller for years. Johnny Weissmuller's, um, you know, movies and Ron Ely's TV show and just through the years, all the different incarnations of Tarzan. And, you know, one of the things that was such a big deal in my family, oddly enough, were tree houses. And then also the Tarzan yell, which uh, I want to talk about the Tarzan yell a little bit. But just so you guys know, my family history with that, when I was little, I would do the Tarzan yell. And I've pretty much done it my whole life. And my family just would love it and thought it was just so great that I would do the Tarzan yell. And when my little grandson was just a tiny baby I used to do a tar the Tarzan yell for him and he would just laugh and thought that was the greatest thing and we still do it today and he's two years old two and a half years old so he still loves the Tarzan yell so uh, there are things about this iconic character and there are things in about these books that I love Tarzan of the Apes is the first in the series there's also a lot that's problematic about Tarzan, the character, and the books. And so we'll get to that in a minute. But I want to start off with a little bit of fun um, with this Tarzan yell because it is so iconic and has such a great history in Hollywood and elsewhere. So I want to play the iconic Tarzan yell for you. Okay. This yell was first introduced in the pages of Tarzan of the Apes, the book, where author, author Edgar Rice Burroughs described it as sounding like the victory cry of the bull ape. I don't know if he ever heard the victory cry of a bull ape, but this is what, you know, Johnny Weissmuller's interpretation of the Tarzan yell. I love it. <laughs> it's and this, this is, oh this is, this is um, a picture of Johnny Weissmiller with Maureen O'Sullivan, who was his Jane in all their movies. And this is a picture of Johnny Weissmiller, you know, kind of posing in the old Hollywood style for a, 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 what they used to call stills. I guess they still do, uh, doing his Tarzan yell. 
1932, when the first Tarzan of the Apes movie came out, this guy, Johnny Weissmiller, was an Olympic swimmer with absolutely no acting experience. He stepped into the loincloth, as it were, and defined the role, and for decades to come, he played Tarzan for decades. He said his Tarzan yell was inspired by the yodeling of the German neighbors of his childhood and a yodeling contest that he himself had won as a boy. Now, over the years, there's been some controversy about this yell. MGM, the studio that made the first Tarzan movies with Weissmuller, claimed to have enhanced the yell in post-production by adding and mixing, first, a second track of Weissmuller's voice, Amplified, two, a track of a hyena howl played backwards, three, a note sung by a female opera soprano with the speed varied to produce a fluttery sound, Four, the growl of a dog. Five, the bleat of a camel. And six, the raspy note of a violin's G-string being bowed. Now, another story. I, my is <laughs> I knew you'd have something to say about that. I hate that <laughs> another story may be put forth by the studio, I'm not sure about that, claims that a famous operatic tenor was hired to record the yell and that then the tape was manipulated and run backwards so that the second half of the yell was the first half in reverse. Now, I stand with Johnny Weissmiller. He denied that there was ever any sonic trickery done to his original recording and in the many public appearances that he did until he died in 1984, he always honored requests to perform his signature yell. And according to everyone who ever heard him do it, it sounded like the famous on-screen yell. Wise Muller's Tarzan yell was so pitch perfect that the sound bite was reused for decades, including in the popular TV series starring Ron Ely. Over the years, no matter which actor was playing Tarzan, they all used Weissmiller's original recording. And I just love that because I think it's great. So I hope you guys appreciate that fun little bit before we start talking about the actual book. We that have a great way to, to intro <laughs> us. <laughs> we have a lot to talk about before we get to our selected passage. So first of all, um, as you know, the book's title is Tarzan of the Apes. And it is. it was published in 1912. It's a novel by American writer Edgar Rice Burroughs. It was the first in a series of 24 books that he wrote about the title character Tarzan. The series was published between 1912 and 1966, and they were followed by several novels with the Tarzan character, either co-written by Burroughs or officially authorized by his estate. And I thought it might be fun to show you a list of all these books. Wow. <laughs> so, as you can see, original Edgar Rice Burroughs series, and then related works by Burroughs, and then licensed works. And those would be the ones that either he um, uh, had a say in or just were done, you know, by other authors with his estate's permission. So, um, yeah, Tarzan has really kind of been a popular character, <laughs> shall we say. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. Let's talk about this guy, Edgar Rice Burroughs. Don't you love this smirky photograph I found? Yeah. <laughs> He's just very smirky looking. He's laughing all the way to the bank. He's laughing all the way to the bank. Yep, that's right. <laughs> now, here's here's the funny thing about old Edgar. You know, uh, he he was he was born in 1875. 
uh, September 1875, and he died in, in 1950. So we have to try to remember, like we do with a lot of the books we talk about, you know, the life period of the author and the time period of the book's publication and or when it was, the story was set. He was um, known as an American speculative fiction writer. He was really prolific. His output in the adventure, science fiction, and fantasy genres went beyond Tarzan. He had a lot, he had several well-known other works too. He was of almost entirely English ancestry. His family line had been in North America since the colonial era. His paternal and maternal ancestors immigrated to America in the early 17th century and settled in Virginia during the colonial period. Uh, a lot of his paternal ancestors fought in the American Revolution, and he often emphasized his connection with the paternal side of his family because of that. He saw that side of his family as romantic and warlike. Through it, he counted among his relatives no less than seven signers of the U.S. Declaration of Independence, including his third cousin, four times removed, second president of the United States, John Adams. Interesting little tidbits of information. <laughs> his most well-known creations were, of course, Tarzan. He also was pretty well-known for his John Carter of Mars uh, character. That was known as the Barsoom series, and Carson Napier of Venus, which was known as the Amtor series. Uh, he had an active imagination, which is probably becoming more and more, more and more obvious. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and according to biographer Gore Vidal, when he was unsatisfied with reality, quote, he consoled himself with an inner world where he was strong and handsome and adored by beautiful women and worshipped by exotic races, end quote. Ooh, the debonair dude. Yeah. <laughs> Edgar Rice Burroughs loved the fantasy of, quote, civilized British gentleman white supremacy. He was really into that. And this is where we have to start talking about the problematic content. Um, I would say not just of his character, but of his character Tarzan and the Tarzan books. Um, that that was a, a I mean, the fan, I call it a fantasy because we all, you know, hopefully we all accept that there is no white supremacy other than in people's imaginations. We're all equal. But um, in the colonial period, especially that it, that kind of attitude was the driving force behind colonialism. It was, you know, white equaled moral civilization versus dark equals immoral savages, you know. And Burroughs himself said in a Writer's Digest interview about Tarzan, his character, he said, quote, I was mainly interested in playing with the idea of a contest between heredity and environment. For this purpose, I selected an infant child of a race strongly marked by hereditary characteristics of the finer and nobler sort, and at an age at which he could not have been influenced by association with creatures of his own kind, I threw him into an environment as diametrically opposite that to which he had been born, as I might well conceive. Okay, that's a very wordy say of wordy way of saying something pretty racist and and not not cool. But um, that was where this iconic popular character came from: the mind of Edgar Rice Burroughs. 
And when the stories first came out, when the books first came out, they served as a form of masculine escapism for men and boys. Um, but soon, you know, the adventurous character of Tarzan appealed to a wider American audience, as did many other adventurous fictional characters by other authors, as an escape from, you know, the boredom and frustration of life in a confining society, if you will. Uh, in 1950, there was a book called The Popular Book, A History of America's Literary Taste. Just the title of that is enticing to me. <laughs> it was by Dave, James David Hart, and he said, Quote, in the eyes of contemporary man, huddled in large cities and frustrated by a restrictive civilization, Tarzan was a joyous symbol of primitivism, an affirmation of life, endowing the reader with a Promethean sense of power, end quote. Now, remember, that was written in 1950. But I think that it's a valid presentation of Tarzan's popularity over the years, over the years that after the 1950s, Tarzan the icon appealed to American white males whether or not they'd read the books. They saw Tarzan through their own racist and anti-immigrant viewpoints a lot of the time. Um, Tarzan, uh, I think it's, it's hard to talk about Tarzan without kind of, you know, the books and the, the, the popularity without kind of reflecting on that aspect of the books and, and even a lot of most of the films, you know, that, that, TV series and films were made in time periods where, you know, women were not necessarily portrayed as strong or equal or independent, and neither were black people. It was the white male that was the strong, you know, forceful winner of, of every, you know, everything. And so <clears throat> that's kind of the, the atmosphere of Tarzan in general. Join us next time as we continue with our workshop discussion for the 2021 NICE Project.